Before I launch into the sermon, I have a rather serious announcement I need to make that I think for some people will be far more important than anything I have to say in the sermon. The new bathroom is ready, so help yourselves. And if you have a little one who needs to go to the potty, you know darn well what I'm talking about. I have always enjoyed the book of the prophet Jonah ever since I was a little kid. If you have never read this very short book that in our Bibles is just two pages long with four very short chapters, do yourself a favor, read it. I think you'll find yourself laughing at the prophet, how absurd he was, which in turn should lead us to laugh at ourselves when we are as equally absurd. Jonah was a reluctant prophet who thought he could escape God's call by moving to another city. Much later in the book, Jonah tells God why he ran away. Jonah said, I knew that you are a gracious and merciful God, slow to anger, rich in clemency, loath to punish. And we'll get to that later. But for now, a question we might ask ourselves is, are there times we think we can escape from God? Well, Jonah's scheme didn't work. While at sea, a huge storm developed, and his fellow travelers, all of them pagans, learned that Jonah was running away from his God. And they were terrified. Even pagans had the humility to know you don't mess with gods. So Jonah fessed up, yeah, guys, I'm sorry, it's my, re- I, 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 yeah, this is my fault. Uh, just throw me into the sea and everything will calm down. Well, they did, they threw him overboard. And the text tells us that God prepared a large fish to swallow Jonah. And Jonah was in the belly of the fish for three days and three nights. Now, while it's easy to get sidetracked with this fanciful detail, that would be to miss the point which is that God called Jonah to an important task, to proclaim his word to the people of the city of Nineveh. What does that mean? Nineveh was a major city in the Assyrian Empire, the very empire that destroyed Israel in 721 BC. So Jonah was called to go into enemy territory and preach to them. Not only was Jonah a reluctant and disobedient prophet, he was a cowardly one to boot. Jonah reflected the Jewish mentality of his time, an intense distrust, an outright disgust for non-Jews, believed to be beyond God's concern, unworthy of God's compassion. So it was probably with a bit of perverted pleasure that Jonah went through the city proclaiming, in 40 days more and Nineveh shall be destroyed, as if to say, hey, take that, you heathens. Now, four things are going on in this book. First, Jonah's running away from his vocation reveals a total lack of trust in God. How's our trust in God? with all the uncertainties created by the pandemic, and now new variant strains that are more contagious, possibly more lethal? How's our trust in God with the state of the economy? 
How's our trust in God with the political disorder? How's our trust in God when our lives are going kaplooey? Second, Judaism had a commission to make the one true God known to all peoples. But it didn't. Jonah did not, would not, see the people of Nineveh as God did. Jonah preferred his limited, myopic perception. Do we do the same with peoples of other faiths? Different skin colors? Nationalities? Political beliefs? Third, the book teaches that Jonah was as much in need of a conversion of heart as were the Ninevites, perhaps even in greater need. Could that criticism possibly be applied to any of us? Finally, Jonah had to learn humility. While God did indeed call his chosen people to be uniquely his own, Jonah failed to see that God can work with any people, anywhere, anytime, and in any way he chooses. And his chosen people must accept this truth or run the risk of seriously offending God and be found working against God. Jonah was a religious snob. Might that be true of any of us at a certain time in our lives? So Jonah sauntered through the city of Nineveh for three days to proclaim a message of doom and destruction for his unredeemable enemies. And what did those filthy pagans do? They listened to God's word by the reluctant prophet. Their hearts were touched, revealing to all who read this short book the power of God's word. In fact, after only one day of Jonah's preaching, they repented, stressing yet again the mysterious way that God's word can work within any human soul. The king, the people, even their animals did penance by putting on sackcloth, fasting from food and water, and the people cried out to God. And above all, the sacred text tells us, those pagans did the one thing that most pleases God. They turned away from their evil deeds. The text tells us that God repented of the evil that he had threatened to do to them. He did not carry it out. Might be a good time to end the story, huh? Mm -mm. Jonah had a total meltdown. Why? Because Jonah didn't do what the pagans did. Repent. He wanted to witness their destruction, not their redemption. His selfishness ran riot. Have we ever allowed that to happen to us? Jonah was furious because God made him look like a fool. Jonah told the people they were going to be destroyed, and now they weren't? What the heck? 
Jonah descended into utter irrationality because God did not act the way Jonah believed he should have. Would that ever describe any of us? Jonah told God, it'd be better if I just died. Anyone who has ever had to deal with a five-year-old in a full-blown temper tantrum knows what God went through. Acknowledging Jonah's anger, God said to him, <laughs> Do you do well to be angry? What a great question, isn't it? Do we ever benefit from being angry? Especially when God acts in ways we think unacceptable? Does being angry do anything to help us? Does our anger make the situation any better? Jonah left the city, probably in a huff, and, take, and took a position on the outskirts, suggesting he hoped that God did not mean what he said and the people would still be destroyed, and he wanted to see it. And God then created a castor oil plant to provide Jonah with shade, which made Jonah very happy. The next day, however, God caused the plant to wither, and the sun beat down mercilessly on Jonah's head. Jonah's frustration overwhelmed him and again whined. It's better for me to die. And then God asked him, Do you do well to be angry for the plant? And like a child in a desperate need for a nap, Jonah answered, I do well to be angry, angry enough to die. Has our frustration over things that we cannot control ever overwhelmed us? So God did what every parent does with a kid in meltdown. He tried to reason with Jonah. And God said, you pity the plant which you did not labor, nor did you make it grow, which came into being in a night and perished in a night. And should I not be concerned over Nineveh, the great city in which there are more than 120,000 persons who do not know their right hand from their left, not to mention the many cattle? God challenged Jonah to embrace the mystery of divine compassion for all people, or at the very least, to be open to it, and then appealing to a child's sense of justice. God essentially said to Jonah, Jonah, if you don't care about the people, surely you wouldn't want the poor animals to suffer now would you? And that is where this tiny book ends. Jonah never answers the question. Why? Because the issue here really isn't Jonah any longer. The issue is each of us.